This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! Break a shot! Oh, a goal! My is Far post for Shearer. Goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And a goal! Gets to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hobble! Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. I'm coming out of my cage and been doing just fine how are you yeah i'm good thank you uncomfortable that i called you joe instead of jr i think i think the press is coming back for the uh 23 24 season but you're you're firmly jr so sorry about that i did wonder i thought you were going to say that i was uh i was going to lose the gimmick like um like you were the latter-day vince McMahon calling me into the office to say I was going to have to be somebody else. I haven't got that energy. I remember watching Beyond the Mat when they were trying to force the gimmick of puke. Uh, <laughs> was it Droz? Yeah. <laughs> he's got that um, puke, that one. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. And it just <laughs> seems like a lot of work. A lot of work indeed. I just want to say before we get going is I have learned my lesson. It's just that there is no better time to record than Thursday night this week because I am solo with the children tomorrow. Mrs. P is out and about. So last week with Dave, we recorded and stuff happened on the Friday. There's nothing I can do about this. It's the summer. Anything can happen at any point. Yeah, definitely definitely tempting fate there. 
I have got a top tip for other listeners, though. I'm ready. So you know those uh, those bug zapper bat things that you can get? A bit like a tennis bat, and they kick out electric shock. I, I, honestly, no. Ah, well, they're, they're good um, fly swatter type things. But the top tip from when I've come back from having a very energetic run is don't try and touch them yourself. They do hurt and shock <laughs> human beings, it turns out. Oh, well, it's a life lesson I will bear in mind. How has your summer treated you? It's been, it's been, it's been good so far. Yes, it's been, it's been restful. I mean, we've been sort of hit with a monumental heat wave before, you know, any school summer holidays or any work downtime has started. So it's kind of caught us a bit on the back foot, but it's been quite pleasant got the fans out the loft and and I'm ready to take it on. <laughs> and already for pre-season they they're back and we have a game next week. It's flown by. I'm very happy about this. Yes, also about I might I might uh consider this one midweek. Um but then I thought that about about the next Saturday as well. Just think in 9 days time we'll have had two friendlies down and a whole a whole list of names to sleuth out of trialist one, two, three, potentially. Yeah, it stresses me out because, as as people who know me will know, I have an Excel spreadsheet which I've maintained since two thousand and five or six of every game and every player I have seen. And when you go to friendlies and it's trialists A, B, C, D, E, F, G trying to find out who these are. Most of all, the opposition players try finding a trialist for Melksham if they don't give you the spread they don't give you the team sheet. It's it's a stressful endeavour for accuracy, but it's become a burden now <laughs> at this stage of my life, so I'm not that bothered. But the Swindon town part, that's the fun bit. Can you spot with a keen eye from your vantage point in the DRS? the difference between Connor Brown and Jack Copland? Yes. Good. Okay. So you look forward to seeing at least one of those next week then. Hey, exactly right. Exactly right. Tell me, how many times has Matthew Baldry, Baldry, Frenchy, retired over the last few months? Oh, bless him. Bless Well, I think, I think, it was over the last twenty four hours he's had the he's had the the news that he said um decision made for him by his his surgeon because of course last season he was persuaded to extend for another year and that was curtailed. I think that like many many pros, we kind of thought that there might be a uh you know a calling in the amateur game you know that he's got some interest in the finances world, but it seems that even even at that level, that may be too much, and that might be time to hang up, hang up his boots. But as we were saying before, we went on the mic. Lovely tributes and a lot of love and affection for Matthew, particularly from the great, the good, and the not so well loved and remembered. But <laughs> doesn't matter; they all love the Frenchman. Yeah, everything I, I've ever heard about him, and even when he was on this podcast many years ago, he, he's a splendid chap and a, a very popular one. Any highlights from the uh, from the well wishes? Um, I just it's always just interesting just to see because of course we only see things through the you know the prism of 
how we assess performances and assume you know people are on the outs or whatever but it's nice to see um familiar names like Zeki Fryers and Brett Pittman even popping up to say well done and good one boss it's just nice to see that somebody's capturing a broad spectrum of uh of um love and affection no John Sheridan unless he's got an alt <laughs> maybe he does I, I hope he does He's got to get that frustration and anger out somewhere, otherwise he's going to be a pent-up, angry little man, isn't he? <laughs> he's been called worse by the Swindon Town fan base. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's all right. But, you know, he wouldn't want it any other way, would he? No, not at all. Maybe Brett Pittman was trying to get uh, Matthew to join Shaftesbury, where he's just signed up, I think. You know, the Port Chester dream is over. Mm, I believe so. don't really understand, but I don't even know where Port Chester is. That was a very, uh, a very strange... Stop it's Hampshire, and... isn't it? So, right in the right place. Okay, and Shaftesbury is the same. Yes, <laughs> it's Dorset. I don't know. They say, give me, give me big towns. Let's see, Leverton Spa. I know those. Bicester. Keep me on the on the biggish ones. If they've got um, a McDonald's and a Burger King, I'll probably know it. <laughs> uh, I'm going purely on Wikipedia here. So whether you know an enthusiastic non-league fan has just uh, had him sign for Shaftesbury, or if he's still, I still don't understand how Port <laughs> Port Chester how they didn't go up last year. Absolutely insane. Look that up if you have a few moments. So last week we did a lovely recording with Dave, always a pleasure, and then stuff happened the following day. It was reasonably uh, unsurprising news, but still big-ish news nonetheless, and that was the departure, JR, of Ellis Iandolo. Iandolo, Iandolo, Ian, Dolo, Ellis... We've had eight seasons of pure joy with this, and now it's over. Um, Over after, as I said, eight seasons, 172 appearances for Swindon across all the competitions, four goals. I think there's only about 21 games a season, which says a lot, but I've had people check. The county ground structure is still sound. The, The ground stands so... You know, there's no bad luck with Ellis Iandolo going, but he's off to Colchester to join Ben Garner's revolution. So fitness pending, we'll we'll be playing him on the opening game of the season. Your thoughts on the exit of Ellis Iandolo? Uh, it's an interesting one because it's quite it's quite bittersweet in some ways. I know that the tendency has been that you know as soon as they're out the door that they were overrated and glad they're gone. That's not that's not my attitude. He was somebody who, you know, was always haunted by injuries. I don't like saying injury prone. I was thinking about this earlier that that seems like a lazy way and a cop out because not always the same things that that players have. And even listening to your excellent, may I say, interviews in the summer, especially your uh, Inca Kazai interview, which you can catch in the archive, everybody. You know, there's some there's some problems that you know people develop when growing, um, and we had Ellis from about seventeen, didn't we? He's still a very young man. Uh, there's some things that you know people just can't help, and it always seems wrong to just dwell on. Oh well, you know they were injured all the time 
we know that Ben Garner's very receptive and also very cautious to play players if they've got any kind of issue or knock or anything like that from when he was uh, you know, in the hot seat at Swindon. So he's the right person to uh, kind of have the rehabilitation of Ellis at hand. But yeah, I think that we've got to a point where it does make sense. I heard Flynn saying about how he wants a new challenge. I know that could be all PR speak, but 24, I'm, in many ways, I don't know about you, Rich, I'm glad that it's it's a move to another League Two club. I nearly said sideways there, but I know that some people would not necessarily approve of that. But Colchester, like us, are a team that have done things the wrong way for quite a few seasons. And it seems like there's an appetite to steer the ship a bit and make it a bit more stable and less erratic. And it's kind of nice that if it's going to end, it's not just going to be a peter out of injuries and into obscurity and that he's got a, you know, a fresh, a fresh start. I give him my, my very best. And we very nearly made the full eight years, didn't we? I think he was somebody who always seemed to be hampered by being, you know, just so, bloody versatile he's the potato waffle footballer isn't he and he could do so many things and was so useful off the bench but his best work came when he actually had a run in the team and I think Phil Brown saw it and we saw it towards the end of uh, the season before the one that's just gone when we were pushing for the playoffs that actually made quite a tidy midfielder, but there did seem to be a disconnect between where he felt his best position was and where he may have been best suited. And maybe that's still something to figure out. But it's useful in so many places that I guess it's not somebody you necessarily always think to start because he's just so useful to have in your back pocket. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's 25, unbelievably, which for a... Colchester such signing is is like an eleven year old because they usually pick up all those old boys from Ipswich. I think they're all gone now uh, under the Ghana Revolution. He played so much football under Ben Ghana. He got the most out of him. He got almost a whole season um, out of him. He only missed a, a couple of league games um, that year, which is you know something he couldn't say in all the other seasons. And I'm sure he'll be well looked after. And that first day of the season might be quite interesting because they're being heavily linked to not just Harry McCurdy, JR, but also <laughs> Lou Reed as well. It'll be just, it's turning into the worst first day of the season I can think of because you just know how it's going to go. That being said, you know, if, if, I've, if I've managed to spend £10 or 10 of some foreign currency to watch on a VPN and I see Harry McCurdy give the bow and arrows to the away end, there will be a bit of schadenfreude that oh. that will be box office. Yeah, it's going to be good, <laughs> isn't it? It's going to be when, when McCurdy scores his first goal since being a Swindon player against Swindon, you know there's going to be fireworks. But I'll give you the keys to the chateau, JR. Don't worry about that, all that nonsense. Um, we'll, we'll sort you out. <laughs> Great, thank you. Well, let's tell you what, we can have it both ways. Let's have McCurdy give it the big guns, get the rain of booze, and then we can turn it around and beat them 3-1. <laughs> That'll do for an opening day, wouldn't it? I, I will 
embrace it with with loving arms yes thank you for your praise for the summer series as brief as it was it was supposed to be a bit longer but sometimes these players they disappear after committing it's one of those things Cas Casal, one of the easiest pods i'll ever do i barely say a thing it was great yeah i forgot you were there a couple of times and just interviewed himself but he was uh it was really good to get uh some insight and you know there was because he'd had such the varied career and going to all these you know unusual and lesser traveled stop-offs around Europe. It was interesting. And then coming full circle to his TV work. I don't want to spoil it, but it's it's, it's worth a listen. And hey, if being on the pod is a good fortune sign, it didn't work out too badly for Lawrence Vigarou either, did it? No, absolutely not. Uh, that has been confirmed now. He is now in the Premier League. I don't think anyone saw that. I don't expect him to play much, but He's going to get paid, which is the most important thing, um, I think, for a professional footballer these days. He's had his hundreds of appearances in the EFL. Have a break, sit down and have the best seat in the house for a couple of seasons. And when emergency loans are required, then go and have a a few minutes elsewhere. Um, We've probably still got a little bit more left on LSI Andalo, believe it or not. Because the guy played for eight seasons. He was only two seasons off a testimonial in traditional sense. Um, It's quite crazy that Ricky Aguilar now is our longest serving player in terms of playing in the EFL. Harrison Minton obviously has been around for some time and played in the 21-22 season, but it was cup only. Only Ricky Aguilar is left from that from that season. It's absolutely crazy. But is there a legacy for LSI Andalo beyond a penalty miss? Because I'm I'm struggling here. Um, I don't think that I don't think that you could just reduce it down to down to that. And those 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 performances in that in that playoff run up were. Yeah, you know, probably the things that I'll remember of just kind of digging in deep in uh in those games and giving giving everything. I'm trying to think of you know, I can't place the do you say there's four goals? There was a good goal against Barnet where we beat them away after that monstrosity at the county ground. I, I remember he got really close in the Shrewsbury game, which was Richie Wellens' last game in the EFL when um, Jordan Young scored. And I think Ellis might have hit the post um, in that game. And he was lively. I think my my main memory of him will be trying to win penalties and getting booked and just not taking his man on when playing in attacking roles. And we saw a few players this year that weren't afraid to do that. Even, <laughs> even Divine at Orient was champing at the bit to take his man on. Yeah, I, I like Dallas. I like Dallas. I don't. I don't think it's one of those situations where I think he'll be hugely missed in the long term. But that term sounds incredibly harsh because I'm very grateful for. I'm grateful for his service to his club, Swindon Town. But it just felt so inevitable as soon as Garner rocked up at Colchester and Lindsay rocked up at Crawley. It just felt he was going to go to one of those, and he did. Yeah, and I think that I'm. Um probably happier that he's going to Colchester under Garner than Crawley. I don't have I don't have huge Scott Lindsay animosity feelings or anything like that, but you already get the impression from how last season went with these crypto bro guys that these people don't understand what they're doing at all. And 
if Lindsay, you know, gets the chop, which is not out of the realms of possibility of him getting that quite early on, then if he'd gone there, then he could have just been cast out of uh, out of the squad because he was Lindsay's man. It would be no good. It does legacy wise. You know, it does close the chapter on fans who uh, like to go on the Cult Zeroes website and saw the wonderful Super Eight, the Grateful Eight T-shirt of the eight players who carried on going when Lee Power had kind of shut up shop and the lights had gone out. That's the end of, of that legacy there. And from last year's, I mean, we'll come on to the kit launch in a moment, but everybody in the promo photos of that have all moved on as well. So I mean, very limited legacies there. But I hope, you know, we had some chat about uh, that you were fortunate enough to go to the STFC Museum launch. And I don't think it's a grandiose thing to say that I know that people will be very grateful to uh, you know, people like Clem Fooney and Rob Angus and people on the trust for you know getting the deal over the line and keeping the club going. But those people who were there in the training kit, uh, giving their all for that, that is a legacy that should be remembered. And I've said before, people like um, Jonathan Grounds or Brett Pittman, who decided you know their contracts were null and void and they weren't coming back, Perfectly entitled to no complaint against that. It's them making the effort to come in that makes that more exemplary because they were just as entitled to say no and didn't. And I hope that that is a legacy that is remembered. And Ellis and Matthew Baudry are a part of that. Way to make me look like a right fool. You are absolutely correct and, yeah, thoroughly deserving of our gratitude from that grim, grim summer of 2021. Ugh, maybe it's because I try and forget that wherever possible. I think I think we've given Ellis um, a good send-off there. We wish him all the best. We'll see him maybe in August a signing has happened, JR. It's not a hugely surprising one, given it is the player that Alan Nixon uh, suggested Swindon were after, and that is the QPR goalkeeper Murphy Mahoney. It's a wonderful name, which I just cannot wait to fall over on a regular basis over the next year. Season-long loan. He is reasonably local. Born in Reading, he was part of Wickham Wanderers' youth setup before going to QPR, where he's played a couple of games, including alongside one Charlie Austin. His previous loan spells have been brief ones at Welling United, Bath City, and Stratford Town. He didn't go out on loan last season, so this is his big opportunity. He's 21 years old. So I think a lot of people are making the comparison to people like Fraser Digby, who had minimal uh, experience when they rocked up, people like Wes Fodderingham, people like Lawrence Vigaru, and of course, Sol Brin. I think Murphy Mahoney's experience is a bit less than those modern examples that I provided. But in terms of analysis, JR, there really is nothing we can predict or say until we see him in the flesh really is there no not really i mean i reached out to uh i reached out to some diehard qpr fans that i know and i just got some shrug shoulders replies of not really seen him don't know anything about him the saving grace from this is that 
yeah, okay, we can say that people have come in with not loads of experience. Um, the last two permanent keepers that we had were, let's be honest, they were going nowhere fast. Um, Jojo was getting nowhere near anywhere at Bristol City, and you know, you are a Bristolian. You you what? live and work amongst them. What? You know these people. Did you just call me a Bristolian? A Bristolian uh, resident, let's say that. Thank you. Okay, we'll correct the record on that. But you, um, you know, you work and know, and maybe even, maybe even befriend people who <laughs> have affection for Bristol City. But I married one. You <laughs> can't get more befriending than that. See, there you go. You're married into Bristolia. So, but you know that uh, you newly expressed that he was already on like the fast road to you know being interviewed by Joe Acklam after a Bath City game, and you know touching gloves with Will Henry, who was probably not destined for EFL life. Lewis Ward was on the outs from Exeter. You know, these are recent examples of when we say that we want a permanent and we want experience. Well, our last, you know, pros who were competing and pushing each other were probably in the, they have very similar CVs. They probably weren't going anywhere fast at the time. So I think a lot of people are going to get used to the idea of that it's going to be a championship level loan each time. It's worth a chance. The thing that gives me a bit more optimism is that somebody had shared something earlier where Flynn had taken a look or was looking to bring him in at Warsaw. So that is somebody who is seen and a known quantity and is not just coming in because XYZ connection that people will speculate on. If it's somebody that Flynn likes, that's a plus. And the plus is also that there's the confidence that he's dealing with the recruitment and not the unseen spreadsheet. Yeah. Yeah, new world, truly. I want to do something that's a little bit of old school LS pod, uh, JR, if you don't mind. Murphy Mahoney was born in Reading on the 27th of December 2001. What was at number one the day he was born? And I'll start with the first clue is, and it's not really a clue, it's not a Christmas song or a song from a show like Pop Idol, X Factor, or whatever. So, 2001, December. What was number 2001? one? 2001. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. Um, Think about popular television shows. Um, a, was it a re release of Anyone Could Fall in Love by Anita Dobson? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, Oxide and Neutrino, Bound for the Reload, Casualty theme. It's nice, but that's a bit earlier, oh, isn't it? Okay. Don't mind that. <laughs> Up middle finger, I show them. <laughs> what a time that was. <laughs> what a time that was. The Oxide and Neutrino era. Come on. Think, it's a cover song. Think of end credits. End credits? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, don't know. That I'm No Superman <laughs> song from Scrubs. <laughs> Biggest biggest British TV show around 2000, 2001 comedy. A comedy show in 2001 that was mm-hmm. the biggest. Yeah. And the end credits are a cover, is yeah. what we're saying. Only Fools and Horses. Come on, <laughs> JR. I know the listeners are going, what is wrong with him? I didn't know the song until, come on. I don't give shitty jobs. Oh, yeah, of course. Handblags and Gladrags, Stereophonics. Sorry, exactly. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> 
Come on. I, I honestly thought you would get it quicker than that. Next time we'll get it. We'll get it right. We'll get it right. Yeah, just let it so I get it right, right straight away. That'll be good. All those years ago. Gross. Makes me feel ill. Well, welcome to Swindon Town Murphy Mahoney. That is hoping it's a cracker of a signing. More updates. Here's a new kit. JR and the world went a little bit crazy with these sort of things. First off, let's give credit where it's due. Fantastic work by Steve and Jonah and the team that that assist them in what was quite a, a fun launch, in my opinion. Would you not agree? Yeah, it was a fun launch. I was starting to think because, you know, getting later and later, and I know that this is something that... Um, tended to do fairly well but it everyone was wondering what the delay of communicating anything about kits was um and it did seem like even later than last season i looked last season they both launched about two weeks before now and i think i put on twitter you know there's no point to overthink it and flynn had done his press conference and said that you know mckechran and Bruitt and Hepburn Murphy had all signed their extensions. So I just thought, there's your one, two, three. Put them in the kit, take the photos, do it. I know that it's fun to do extra. And, you know, the Kitman pod, um, life of a Kitman. I don't think I can go for the abbreviation Loke that our friends at the, at the Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge suggested. I mean, Loke for the uh, informalities. But, um, yeah, it makes sense to lead into that. It gives a different perspective on the club, which is something that we've cried out for for so long, you know, about being able to have that personal touch, that personal relationship that, you know, other contributions don't have. We're all a bit distant, and there are many of us. And, yes, I thought it was a nice touch to incorporate that. And, of course, the return of the, the the famous drone was out and up and around SM1. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they they do love a drone at the moment, don't they? Um, I think you're completely right about the Kitman, uh, Life of the Kitman pod. You know, they do offer something that none of us as fans can offer. And I know Steve and Jonah are, of course, Swindon Town fans first and foremost. But that relaxed nature that their guests have being in the kit room because they're there every day. So, you know, they, they open up and they give you way more than, you know, what they give people like me, um, no matter how much I try, you know, they, they give you that little little bit of extra. And I think it was perfectly logical that a football kit is launched on a podcast, which is affiliated to the club, which is by the kit staff. It, it seems like a bit of a no brainer. I saw a few mean comments out there, which was bang out of order. Now in, in, in terms of the kit itself, if, if oh, it's a grower, if anything, it, it's, it, it didn't scream out to me top quality, but do you know what? It's a football kit. Who cares? You know, if you like it, you like it, you buy it, you put your money down. If you don't like it, you don't buy it until Swindon are doing really well and then you sheepishly buy it or you get it half price at the end of the season. Anything else is just noise. It's just a football kit. Yeah, I think I would agree with it. I feel like it's a, it's been a bit of a grower because um, I didn't love the look of it on the hanger when the socials were first putting it out. 
But having seen it on the players and on, you know, our friend and occasional contributor, Louis, has managed to get one already. It looked very smart on him. It looks quite smart on, but it's got that trick of the eye of that collar that curves around a bit and then stops. It just just tricks the brain to thinking that's just not right. But as you say, in the annals of kits, especially away kits, I've got things that I really liked. I like all the weird, like, green geometric shapes from a few years ago. I like the odd blue one that we got relegated uh, near. Not the um, not the la- the 2017 one with the... Yeah, yeah. I know. The blue and black. Yeah. We've said before about how we both like the Bocker one and people will say, oh, I don't want any blue and yellow near my... Even though, of course, we know there's plenty of away kits that probably looked exactly like Oxford United looked in the 80s. So Macari era, Ozzy Ardiles era, they're literally yellow shirts with blue shorts. How can you like something that scummers wear? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, come on, man, come on. Um, the pattern, Magic Roundabout, or is it the Atomium in Brussels? or any other scientific pattern. I'm a bit cynical on that front, but I love the choo-choo train on the back. Nice with the choo-choo train. You know, when, I, when I'd read the press release before I saw the image, and when I thought the magic roundabout being in the kit, my mind went to what I would call, like, maybe the most iconic 90s kit. Controversial opinion here, but the pinnacle of 90s Premier League shirts for me thought, uh, you know, that, that kind of iconoclastic look is the Manchester United shirt with Old Trafford subliminated inside. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking if the, you know, there was the overhead view of the actual magic roundabout in the subliminated fabric, <laughs> and I, I would have been buying it on the day, I would have driven, taken a day off work <laughs> and been in the queue for the club shop. I will give some, uh, we've got the return of red shorts as well. Actually. Yes. And that, that has divided. I mean, across the board, it's a Marmite kit for in in terms of online um, debate, but everyone who wants it is going to buy it because there are people that are, you know, they're collectors. They get it regardless. Um, but Red Shorts, hey, we got promoted to the Premier League in Red Shorts, did we not? So um, I'm all for it. Um, I know, again, traditionalists aren't keen, but... You know, it, I'm probably more likely to buy the shorts than I am the uh, the shirt at this rate. But we've we've been enjoying some of the training wear in the uh, in the LS Pod chat group, haven't we? Uh, and I would argue that possibly that the red drill top is better than the home shirt. Well, I tell you what, if people people listen to this and they think that you know Terry Pierce is you know <laughs> negative, get him on the you know the quarter zip. Zip top because you know I think that is a an instant buy for for him. It makes a good point. Though. There's always something that people might like of a season. Um, I'll give credit that I do actually quite like the staggered releases because I don't know. Gillingham did the thing like where they had Johnny Williams, whoever that guy is, in the third shirt as like their reveal. And I think if you're just chucking everything all out on one day and then they're trying to cram in you know all the shirts on. You have the discussion there, and then that's that's it. If people don't like them, you just get like a barrage of negativity. If people don't like the home shirt, people are like, well, I wonder if the away kit will be uh, to my liking. I'm sure there's home shirts that I really liked 
like the Nile Ranger here, one with that big <laughs> jagged cross out <laughs> in the section that I appreciated. I'm sure there's ones that people think are horrible, so not every shirt has to be for you. So it's okay, it's fine. One thing, can I can I have um, a a small morsel of criticism, please, sir? Yeah, it depends. Is it is it Johnny Williams related? Because you promised you wouldn't <laughs> mention his name, and you've done it several times now. And I know that's still still a, 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 you know an area which you know one you, time one yeah, okay, time. Okay, 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 okay. Go for it. Somebody replied on there because I'd said it was great to have the red shorts back, and I, I, it, my personal preference would be that you'd always have the option. So Swindon could be in all red or in red and white, and then everybody is happy. And someone had mentioned that it might be um, a choice for you know for the women's team because some people change from you know, white shorts for uh, periods or things like that. But this got me to thinking that interesting that the women weren't involved in the kit launch or I thought that was going to be something that you know, a lot of other EFL clubs do and I thought that's something we were going to try to do cross-branding. Yeah, no, I think it's a fair point. I'm sure there's a reason. Um, from, from what I hear, there were several aborted attempts to launch the shirt um, and maybe people were involved in initial, uh, in initial plans and I think that was the case. So I think in the end, time availability resulted in it being what we saw. But I'm almost certain that they had a member of the uh, the women's team lined up, um, but it didn't happen. Maybe for the away kit, then that will be all all good, all good, and all groovy. Fantastic, yeah, yeah. But very good point, very good point indeed. And like I said, we got promoted in 1993 in uh, in red shorts with white trim, didn't we? So you know, could it be an omen? But we've all read several times over the years. So again, I'm not offended by it, but it's just a football kit. Yeah, it would have been nice to have everything all linked up as well. So it was surprising when they were giving out season tickets yesterday, but the club shop was shut to refurbish. We've had a good summer, good vibes. <laughs> Don't do this to me. I'm just uh, say, I'm just saying that if we're having if we're having nearly full gates uh, home games every week and then we're saying, you know, we're three hundred, four hundred grand short, don't leave money on the table. That's that's what I'd like to see next season. That's what the vibe check is all about. Let's not leave the money on the table, lads. Yeah, in, indeed. And, and they were preventing people from getting certain names and numbers printed on the shirts until the squad numbers are announced. And I, I, I say if they want if they want a certain name and number on the back, just just accept it. Take their money and if if, if Adeloy leaves and <laughs> they've got Adeloy on this on their shirt, that's on them. Yeah, I that's I, that's what I would have thought as well. <laughs> what about me? Can I have my own name on there? Is there certain numbers I wouldn't be allowed to have? Mm. Was Louis allowed to have his name on the back? We'll have yeah. to ask him. Yeah, indeed. Well, we, we're all experts, aren't we? And yeah, okay. Well, I think we've done very well to get 38 minutes out of this. I was I was wondering how we'd get to 30, and this has just turned into just a nice little chat, which I fully appreciate. What's going to happen on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday um, to make this uh, episode date very, very quickly? Uh, Michael Flynn resigns. <laughs> 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 
no, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. But we might get some interesting faces through the door. Maybe. By, you know, interesting in terms of their ability or looks? Uh, a bit of both. Mickey Demetrio hasn't got anywhere yet, has he? I don't know what he looks like. So um, I'm interested in the surname. Yeah, I am i don't know if I'm disappointed or elated with the lack of uh, Newport County signings. I, I just assumed uh, Joss Ladebi would be here by now and Mickey Dim- Demetrio would be here. I know I've butchered those names. I think you say Joss Labadee in a different way every pod. I think there's a different pronunciation each time. No, I'm, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely Ladabee since since the Exiles were on. I was saying Ladabee originally. Ladbaby, yeah. I love sausage rolls. That oh, thing. that's it. <laughs> no, I'm, let's go back to Oxide and Neutrino because you've just named an artist with less credibility, although very good um, fundraising skills. We'll leave it at that. JR, thank you very much. Thank you. (laughs) The Lone Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford, and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble? Hi, Alice Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.